Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta and my fabulous co-host Lawson. Lawson, good morning to you. How good are morning. you? Oh, man, I... It's, it's hump day, bro. I, hump day. I am looking forward to the weekend. Uh, not for any reason in particular. I don't have anything amazing planned. I, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just in the thick of it. Like, oh. you, you know what it's like? We just, you just got stuff to do. Absolutely. You're doing it. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, I, I can't wait to have walked or climbed over this mountain, you know, like uh, I'm on the, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the up. On the up and up. You want to get to the, the top. I'm <laughs> I'm keen to walk down, you know, I'm, I'm keen to, you know, when you walk down a hill and you do, and you're trying to walk and it's quite steep and you do like that, that funny kind yeah, of yeah. collapsed walk where you're trying to like hold yourself back from running. I just want to get into that mode, you know, where I'm just, I'm just stumbling down the hill because right now we're, we're pushing up. Well, almost over. I think November, December becomes so busy, doesn't it? Just oh, before absolutely. Christmas. It's like everything picks up pace really quickly mm. and there's always so much to do. But, you know, we need to, to keep the focus of holidays coming. Yeah. Uh, Christmas, uh, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of time for people is when they get together with family. Mm. Um, and also, yeah, I don't know about where you are, but certainly down or in, in the region where you are, I should say more so because at college, I'm not sure that, um, is, is down on the road there. Mm. But the thing, oh, university, I should say, really. Mm-hmm. But, you know, down our street already, people are putting out their Christmas decorations on the front yeah. lawns. So the places, are getting lit up. It's uh-huh. actually looking really lovely, like just really nice. Are you a Christmas light hunter? Like, do you love going around? Yeah, hu- hubby more so than me. Really? But we love, Amazing. We love going to look at lights, you know. So we take a drive every now and then, like closer to Christmas, and have a look at people's lights. We mm. like we like lights. And, of course, Hunter Valley uh, Gardens have got lights at the moment too. Yeah. And coming up on our show today, we have our interview with Jennifer Skews on emotional health. In our new segment, we're looking at a forgotten masterpiece and also going to Pakistan. And in our Bible study section, we are continuing on Mission to the Needy. And today we're looking at refugees and migrants. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Listening to the breakfast show with Danuta and Lawson, and it has come time for our first quiz question for today. Please take it away, Lawson. Yeah, first quiz question in Paul's example about the body of Christ in First Corinthians chapter twelve. What part of the body does the foot believe it should be? So, if you know the answer to this one, 0491-064-669. Again, in Paul's example about the body in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, what part of the body does the foot believe it should be? The foot, it's a bit confused here. It's a bit, yeah. it's, 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 it's longing <laughs> yeah. to be something that it's, that it's not or that it shouldn't be. It, it, you know, God has delegated a specific position. If you know what it's trying to mm. be, then 0491-064-669, of course, our prize for this week. We've got two amazing puzzles, 1,000-piece puzzles that we are giving away. We have one uh, that is depicting the, you know, the, the nativity scene. May I hold him? He's got, like, the baby Jesus there being held by Mary. And then the other one, Jesus at the helm as well. We're giving both of them away absolutely for free. And the only way to win our quizzes, guys, is to give us a text at 0491-064-669 with the correct answer. Again, that question was, in Paul's example about the body, 
uh, of Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, what part of the body does the foot believe it should be? 0491-064-669. That mm. is the number to text. Yeah. Hey, where are we going in our... You know, highlight today of yeah. Who are we saying hi to this morning Mm. around Australia? We are actually going and zooming in on Richmond, New South Wales, on eighty-eight point oh FM. Now, Richmond. I used to live in Richmond when I first moved from Adelaide to Sydney years ago. Ah. So Richmond is on the outskirts of Sydney. Well, not so much the outskirts today, Mm -hmm. but it's you know when you kind of go to the out to the western part of New South Wales, uh, out of out of Sydney, I should say, and you go. Going to the base of the Blue Mountains, you kind of got Penrith, mm. and then you start going up into the mountains towards Emu Plains and Springwood. And so, yeah, basically Richmond is kind of at the base there. So it's in the Hawkesbury region. Yeah. Just right near the Hawkesbury River, which is a yeah, really lovely, yeah. lovely area. Um, and so, yeah, I lived there for, oh, it was about six months to a year, I think it was, when I first moved over back in 2000 from Adelaide to Sydney. So mm. just a, a nice, quaint town that is now, of course, all part of Sydney because Sydney's expanded so much. So, mm. yeah, just a really lovely area. And, uh uh, yeah, so text us in on 0491064669. If you are from Richmond and listening today, let us know how long you've been there. What do you love about Richmond? Do you go on the Hawkesbury River? What do you do on the Hawkesbury River? I hear there's some houseboats and things like that on the Hawkesbury. So um, really nice there. Of course, that was an area that a few years ago got flooded as well quite badly. Mm. around that region. But, yeah, we're just really happy we've got listeners out at Richmond on 88.0 FM. Yeah, and I'm just looking on the map now. It's just up the road, about 40 minutes up the road from Lawson, New South Wales, mm. which is yeah. obviously, you know, Same the, name as you. the town that I own. Nah, just kidding. <laughs> hey, 0491 If you're from that area, you've been through that area of Richmond, let us know. Let us know what it's like. Hey, in positively different news this morning, Dununu, what's going on? What's What's happening? Um, Oh, look, you know, I love I love artwork. I love mm-hmm. history. As you know, I love archaeology stuff yes. as well. We did one on archaeology just uh, yesterday or the day before, I think mm. it was. Now, but, but today, one that really jumped out at me was about a forgotten masterpiece. Now, oh. this is in France, which is, you know, interesting when you think it's been a forgotten thing. But, of course, we know mm-hmm. that there's different findings that are around the place. But here's the thing. So the Louvre... The Louvre, in which is the, a an art, national art museum in oh, Paris, yeah. in France. So are you familiar with it? Have you been I've, there? I've been to the Louvre. I've seen oh, the Mona Lisa. Same. Like, I've, I've. Have you spent much time in Paris? I spent a few days in Paris when I li- was living in the UK because it was great. You could just go across. Yeah, an hour of flight course. And just it's, there. Just, it's just right there. So I loved it. Living in Spain as well. I, I've been to Paris about three, four times now. I've been like right around the city. I've been to the top of the Eiffel Tower and in the wow, Louvre. Wow, nice. And, and that I've kind been of up thing. the Eiffel Tower, but not right to the top. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it's oh man. At the same time, as as often as I've been there, and the reason I went there so often was actually I had I was there on business, which for me when I was like fifteen, sixteen was actually to, to go and race motorbikes. Uh, but I was I've, I've been to Paris, and how do you rate Paris? What do you think of Paris? Oh, I, lo- I, I well, you love I, it. I love the history of it. Um, I just remember going around some quaint corners, like, and you'd suddenly come to this area where there'd be artists sitting there yeah. painting people's faces. Mm-hmm. I loved that, you know, and I just loved, you know. 
along the river, you walk along there. Mm. Love the Gothic churches there. And oh, the yeah. Louvre was just so big. Like yeah. four hours wasn't even enough to go through it. Absolutely. I think that I would say there's about maybe five or six streets in Paris that are really worth oh, visiting. Yeah, yeah. And it's beautiful. And then everything. The main street where it's got the arch. And, th- yeah. That's right. And then everything outside of that, I'm like, eh. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, well. Because <laughs> it, especially because the rest of France is so beautiful. Mm. Like when you go down to like Bordeaux and travel okay. down the coast there, it's just so amazing. But hey, despite this, in the Louvre, you're saying there's a forgotten masterpiece. Well, as in there's a masterpiece that's been forgotten. It's actually now going to the Louvre, oh, which is amazing. amazing. Yeah. So back in the 1800s, European art was actually significantly influenced by Christ- the Christian church. Um, and so there were, there's lots of famous paintings, mm. of course, that are in the Louvre. Um, it's, it's really well known for that. One of the famous paintings, of course, as you mentioned, is the Mona Lisa, which is a masterpiece of the Italian Renaissance era mm. by Leonardo da Vinci. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's the interesting thing. A few years ago, there was a masterpiece that was discovered in the home of a lady, of a 90 year old lady, right? Mm-hmm. So the family were needing to, to move her. I don't know. It doesn't say whether she was to a nursing home or what, but above her, the stove, she had this piece of artwork that was hanging up there. And one of the children actually decided to get a valuer in for the home. Mm. Um, and so this piece of artwork was actually going to go into the bin. Mm. Oh, but the valuer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But this classic. valuer actually looked at it and just went like, no, this is worth far more than it going in the bin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so catch this, the painting was, um, yeah, so it was a, a, considered as a simple Greek icon. Instead, the painting was actually identified by the valuer as uh, what's called Christ mocked or also called the derision of Christ oh, wow. from the 13th century. Wow. Right? So from the 13th century. So in 2019, it actually went to auction. Mm-hmm. And catch this, how much it's sold for. Okay, can I guess? Go on. I'm, I'm going to guess that it sold for... Eleven and a half million dollars. Is that too much? <laughs> Try double that. Twenty-five million. Wow. Twenty-five million. Four times more than it was actually predicted uh-huh. um, that it would actually cost. Um, now, Fab- Fabrizio Moretti, who was the buyer and he was working on behalf of two other collectors, said, "It's the mo- these are his words. It's the most important old master discoveries in the last fifteen years." Wow. That's what he said to the New York Times. So it's actually the painting is actually done by um Simabu who actually started modern art. Now he was a, that's a pseudonym for the painter Seni di Peppo who was actually born in 1240. And the derision of Christ painting actually marked the transition from um, what's called iconography, which is basically just symbols and visual images, to actually moving paintings towards, mm. you know, human feelings um, and light and body and, and space mm. and stuff like that. So he was one of those transitioning people. Wow. He was the foundation of the transition of that. So that's why it's so significant. Mm. And it actually became the new way for the central period of, you know, of, of the Renaissance period. Um, and he was also a designer of mosaics from Florence. So it's actually really interesting. So the picture itself actually represents the moments that Jesus was actually mocked and humiliated by Roman soldiers mm. uh, before his crucifixion. So really, really very, very significant. So here's the interesting thing is one of the, you know, when it was spoke about a masterpiece and a forgotten masterpiece, yeah. I just, my mind, 
mind instantly went to Ephesians 2.10 that says, For we are Christ's work, um, Christ workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God presented beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, some versions use, um, use workmanship. Some, some use the word masterpiece. Mm. In fact, I've done a sermon on this that I really love, you know, with that one. And, and I know folk have actually felt blessed when I've preached on this particular passage because we are God's workmanship, you know. And, mm. uh, and masterpiece. Of course, he, you know, we, we were created in his image, Genesis 1 tells us. Um, and also, you know, Jeremiah 1 5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Mm. So the beautiful thing is we are God's masterpiece, but we are not forgotten. Absolutely. Yeah. He has remembered us and he has given everything for us, I think as well. And far more than 25 million dollars, um, but his own life to save the world. Isn't that fantastic? Like, wow. Like we are just so, so special. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. And take it away, please, for our next quiz question. Here we go. Number two here. Quiz question number two. In Paul's example about the body in... Wow. Okay. So here we go. So we're, we're, we're really on a theme this morning. In Paul's example about the body in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, what part of the body does the ear believe it should be. So firstly, <laughs> we've got a very confused well, body here, okay, haven't we? <laughs> so, so the foot wanted to be something. Now, what does the ear want to be? If you know the answer to this one, 0491-064-669. Again, in what part of the body did, well, what part of the body did the ear want to be? It was something, but then it wanted to be something else. And that's the, the theme really of the passage is explaining the fact that our church is made up of many parts and people in many different positions. And, and I love the, the statement that it makes that none, none of those parts are more valuable than any other part. But they're which, all important, aren't they? That's right. Which yeah. I, I've talked to people before and there's definitely, f- They've, whether they're at their church or whatever it may be, they've they felt as though in the Christian community maybe a sentiment of like, oh, why is the speaker more valuable than the congregation? Or why is mm. this? A, and that's something that I think, I think that's a product ultimately of building churches around famous speakers and famous people rather than around the word of God. But I, I think that this passage absolutely gets to the heart of that, that, hey, no, everyone is valuable. But I think as well, furthermore, what it is also trying to say is that everyone is valuable because they have their own part in their own job. And I think that it should mm. definitely encourage us to take part in the church, to be a part of the church, to be. Yeah. It's to, about unity and diversity, about right. unity at the same time. And so I love what you're saying too. Yeah. It's not about mm. body parts specifically. We're talking about where the body parts symbolize yeah. people and the church body of yep. Christ. So that's mm. why um, the first question had the body of Christ. Yeah, you know, that's same, what it yeah. actually, so it's not the body as in the physical body of Christ, yeah, yeah. as in the, the, the body of Christ, as in believers. Yeah. You know, in the church. So. But in the illustration here, there are different parts of the body that apparently want to be something else. If you know what the ear wants to be, hey, 0491-064-669, of course, you'll go in the draw to win our amazing prize, which is none other than the awesome, uh, the awesome... The, the puzzles that we are wanting to give yeah. to you. We've got the, the thousand piece puzzles, the thousand, two thousand piece puzzles. One's Jesus at the helm and the other one is may I hold him one from the, uh, one from the 
the, the nativity, the nativity story. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And hey, just before we go into your news segment, Greg's messaged in saying thanks for all the prayer last Thursday wow. for hemorrhage on the brain. I have no deficits at all. Praise the Lord, Greg. Fantastic news. We have a great and an amazing God. Just waiting for pain to subside and blood drains away. Thanks, Lord. And also he's added on it. Oh, and thanks for the amazing doctors. Yeah, because God works through their hands. So we praise the Lord here today. We give God thanks for answered prayers, Greg, and just thanks for letting us know here. That sounds intense. I wasn't here for no, that. No, you weren't yes, here that uh, day. Last Thursday, but Greg, congratulations. Yeah, that sounds amazing. we have a good, good God and a faithful mm. God. So um, praise the Lord for that, Greg. Mm. Okay, where are we going for our news today? Okay, my new segment, the theme of my new segment is Christians being embarrassing in a very extreme way. And this isn't to, you know, spend time, you know, taking aim and, and and trying to be harmful or hurtful to Christians. But I just want to bring up some some situations that have unfolded around the world. We might do two. I've got one lined up and it's coming from Pakistan, where we have seen over the last months the terrible persecution of Christians mm. there, and particularly mm. uh, in the Jaranwala area of Pakistan, where there was widespread persecution that took place there as a result of... You know, there was a Quran uh, that was seen to be burnt and it was found by some Muslims there. And as a result of finding that Quran, they trapped down, they tracked down the person whose name was on the inside of the Quran, who was a Christian. And they just, there was just widespread persecution against Christians as a result, you know, churches being burnt down. And, uh, and even I'm connected with some, some Christians over in Pakistan that I teach the Bible to and whatnot through one of my friends. And, they like they sent me photos back. Pastor Gill, who's over there in Pakistan, sent me photos back of Christians that he knows hiding in fields and you know hiding from from mobs and groups trying to persecute them. And it's just an awful situation mm. of Christians being persecuted in mm. Pakistan, and it's very real. Mm. And not only being persecuted in 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 a personal sense, like in this situation where it's oh someone's Quran was found to be burnt, and then the community comes after them, but then also legislatively, you know, with blasphemy laws in Pakistan, where if you're accused of blasphemy, you can end up literally getting the death penalty and people you know, being called to get the death penalty. And we've actually seen some landmark cases in Pakistan where people have been falsely accused of blaspheming against the Quran or against Muhammad, the prophet of, of Islam, and actually not being killed, which is fantastic to see. But one recent circumstance that has come up in Lahore in Pakistan is this just embarrassing, awful story that I think paints Christians in such an awful light given the terrible persecution that is happening. And basically it goes like this. An elder of a church, of a Presbyterian church in Pakistan, has been arrested for setting fire to their own church and accusing Muslims and Muslim extremists of doing it. So why? Hold on, hold on. My my head's just gone spinning. Isn't this, isn't this like isn't why? Wild? Why would an elder want to light the church and then secondly blame blame it on the Muslims too? Yeah, like so, you know, like well, essentially, it's your own church that that you've been worshiping in. That's right. It's this is essentially a type of fraud and I think, you know, persecution baiting and and the reasons for this is actually because this 
elder didn't like the pastor of his church. Well, uh, and so he didn't like the pastor of his church, and so he started by sending in a fake letter from the Muslim community, threatening the pastor and threatening, you know, writing in. And the complaint in that letter was that, oh, the noise coming from the church is too loud, and if you don't do anything, we're going to have drastic a- action. And that was to threaten the pastor, to freak the pastor out so much that the pastor would quit. And the pastor's like, oh, no, I'm not going to quit because of that. Like, you know, and even responded to the letter, but then, you know, sent it to the address that it came from, but it was just random. Anyways, so then this elder took it a step further, seeing that his threat ultimately wasn't responded Mm. to and Mm. it didn't get the desired result. Um, Yeah, just decided to light the church on fire, destroying a number of rooms in the church and a bunch of resources and whatnot, and definitely putting the church out of a lot of money. Now, thankfully, the church, this church in Pakistan, Uh, has CCTV cameras, and they were able to identify the person. Like, didn't even even stop and think about the the cameras. But also, like, I'm I'm interested to know what the rest of the congregation did about this too. Like, you know, you know, their response to this. Yeah, well, obviously, this person has been arrested, and they're Mm. they're they're being charged with multiple counts of fraud and lying and and uh also you know burning down a building which like there is uh there's a, a specific law in pakistan that's like if you burn down a building for a religious cause they're actually trying to curb that type of violence mm. which is good to see on mm. a national level and you can be imprisoned for even life if it's mm. if it's you know seen as that bad i think that though like his his sentences at a maximum could carry life but at a minimum you know he's looking at around 10 years in jail which honestly i think is absolutely oh, deserved crazy. because yeah this person again from the perspective of the other elders who are there you know who gave statements to news outlets and whatnot this this person was already seen as a Maybe a, a, just a little bit strange or a little bit difficult. Um, so to So that's be what I was and, wondering. You know, was he under high stress or and and you know yeah. things like that, or was there some some degree of mental health issues that weren't identified before that? Yeah, and I think ultimately it, it's got to be a combination of one of those things because this person's the, what they've done has ultimately been so drastic and just so awful. And I think I I think the terrible thing about it is that there's real persecution taking place in Pakistan at the moment where people are really dying Mm. and people are really getting hurt. And this person tried to use the real persecution of Christians to try and make a victim out of themselves and to Mm. try and make some type of personal gain. And I think that it is just so disgraceful and disrespectful to those who are actually going through real persecution and particularly like their fellow countrymen in Pakistan who it's like, oh man, they're already struggling with resources and in these churches and whatnot because of the persecution that's come upon them because Mm, of the the mm. churches that are already set Mm. ablaze and lit on fire. It's like, oh man, if anything, they should be rallying together, but hey, oh, we're going to set our church on fire to or this person. I'm going to set my church on fire to, to get some type of personal gain. I think it's just awful and it's disgusting i think god will definitely judge right you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different listening to the breakfast show with danuda and lawson we've got a theme going through today which is really interesting isn't it so take it away with our next quiz question please lawson (laughs) okay what part of the body could the eye not reject and say it didn't need 
Hey, if you, know, if you know the answer to this one, 0491-064-669. We are really pulling apart this passage in First Corinthians chapter 12. Absolutely. So, hey, we want to give you some license and some liberty to go and to look up the passage, particularly if you aren't a regular church attender. If you don't attend church every week, then hey, jump into it, First Corinthians chapter 12. But 0491-064-669, let me repeat this question here. What part of the body? could the eye not reject and say it didn't need? Mm. And, and again, getting to this passage and, and what it's trying to say is is it's like it's not as though one part of the body can say, hey, because I'm so great and I'm so awesome, I don't need this other part of the body. And it's a similar thing in the church as well, just because one part of the church or one aspect or one role in the church does its role sufficiently and well. It can't say that another role is therefore invalidated, but we are all to be part of the church and doing our thing in the church and being used by Christ in the church as well. That's but hey, 0491-064-669. And it has come time for our interview with Jennifer Skews. Hello, Jennifer. Are you there? I'm here. Always great to have you on the show. We're really great. You're, uh, I'm grateful that you're with us once again today. Last time we were looking at reason and conscience and it was really fascinating. Of course, Danny was in here, uh, yes. with me when you were sharing that. And when we, when we got off air, he was just like, that was just so good. That was just really, really good. <laughs> like, you know, so, so where are we going today with, with emotional health? Okay, well, today we're going to look at flipping that equation because last week the question was, what's life like when your emotions are in balance? Mm-hmm. And we looked at like emotional maturity and that uh, life is good even though we have ups and downs, we cope with it, the brain's focused, we live in the present. So this question is, what's life like when your emotions are out of balance and take over or take control? Mm. And that's where you have... The flip side of, um, and I, I, the, the basis is reason over passion. We've looked at this is passion over reason, and that's when passion, appetite for that passion increases to the point where the emotions take over, mm. and that's when we're on the roller coaster. So, what's life like where you're out of control emotionally? Mm. You got, got any ideas what's life like for you when emotions take over everything becomes chaos yeah yeah <laughs> things go so out of control in every way and it mm. affects so many aspects it affects how things are at home as in things aren't organized at home yep. but it also impacts relationships with people the way we react to people the way that we speak with one another the fact that we're hasty with one another just a whole pile yes. of different things Oh, look, it, it, there's a whole list. And sadly, the majority of the world, and that includes governments, it includes systems, it includes countries. You have a look at what's happening in war zones. Passion takes over. Mm. And it is a disaster. This is why the world's heading in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And this is where governments are using fear to control people. Well, fear is passion over reason. People mm. lose their reason and they end up doing things or making decisions they don't always want to do. Mm. And uh, sometimes it's hard to stand back and flip back to where my reason and conscience is now, putting that all in perspective. Mm-hmm. So we're sort of looking at, well, what's life like when we're in that mode? So mm. some of the things that happen, your thinking becomes very irrational. 
Mm. and illogical you know yes. two and two equals five instead of four and uh, what happens we think we do what's called a lot of emotional reasoning mm-hmm. if it feels good do it mm-hmm. oh, I felt so good about it I paid out on them you know you said about what comes out of our mouth well when my emotions take over that's when I'm going to open my mouth and what comes out I don't like mm-hmm. and then I have to own it deal with it and if I've affected someone I've got to go and sort it out with them so uh, you're right, relationships, you have a look at marital failures, issues, you know, people who are couples and uh, friendships that uh, run amok, it's because emotions take over. Mm. Mm. So this this is where it's essential to get that control back. But looking at life as it is, the majority of the world seems to be on that emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what happens, one, you can't control your thoughts, those emotional thoughts control you, and you're often caught in deceptive and negative emotional cycle. You Mm. you go, oh, no, I was on a real high and it was so good and I really loved it and I partied more, I did more, and it seemed good at the time, but in actual fact it's negative because you crash and burn at the end of it. It's um, or it takes its toll, or you end up doing things you don't want to do. You know, addictions are driven by emotions. Mm, yeah, that's a, a good when, point. Yes. Yeah, when you go shopping, you know, we we get addicted to shopping. It's therapeutic. We feel mm. better, but it's instant. We like instant gratification. Right? We do impulse buying. So what are a lot of salespeople trained to do to work with emotions mm. and to get so, you going emotionally? So so do we find – and would it be fair to say, Jennifer, then, that the more that we kind of practice doing this, with, I mean, practice uh-huh. in the sense that we don't kind of intentionally go, I'm going to practice this, but, you know, as, as you say, you know, addictions are um, driven by emotions. Yes. Um, and so our immunity to these things goes down, in, in other words, because – the rational thinking goes down and our yes. immunity and to our, the responses of it, you know, change and therefore we're going like, oh, we're right. And so each time there's more and more and more that we add on with layers of that unless we yes. actually control it. That's right. And then we get in deeper and deeper and deeper. It gets worse and worse and worse. And this is where people then plummet into depression and anxiety and mental, emotional health is always emotionally driven. Mm. You know, when we go down that track, we've either got to suppress them, disconnect them, people dissociate emotionally because they get so overwhelmed, the emotions are too painful, therefore just switch them off. Mm-hmm. And that's not a life, that's a dead life. Um, yet emotions are designed to help us to enjoy life and to feel good, so that's what we need to be doing. So we, so why do you think – sorry, just I can jump in for a second there, Jennifer. Why uh-huh. do you think people then – ignore that you know uh, you know i mean apart from the fact that the feelings feel good um, yes you know why else do people ignore that is it the fact that it's just it, i mean does, it goes into that too hard basket or yeah. you know it's just like i'm okay you know somebody else is the problem is i mean yes. there's probably a gamut of things as well in that in oh, that basket are. is there hmm. yeah we have a lot of defenses that are very emotionally driven and we justify our defenses and we go, it's okay to be like that. And you're right. right. People are out of control because they don't know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. It is, it, we have to have good skills to work with the mind. One, mm. you have to be aware you're on that roller coaster mm. instead of crashing and burning. That's what work burnout is. Any sort of burnout is very emotionally driven. So mm. it's first of all, knowing 
am I on that roller coaster? Mm-hmm. And what's the difference? What's it like when I'm not? Mm-hmm. Well, when you're on that roller coaster a lot of the time, you lose track of what's it like to be off that roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people become addicted to it mm. because it's very adrenaline driven. And so give them quietness and peace and balance and they will sabotage it because they're not used to it or they mm. like that. Wow. That's huge what you said just right there. It is huge, but I mean, that's what happens. Sabotaging it because we're so used to, um, you know, um, yeah. being bombarded by things and, you know, just yes. intense things. And so peace and quiet is not part of our lives. Well, it's not. And yet it's what we want. And I mm. get that from people I, you know, come to me and, oh, I just want peace. I want quiet. I want to, you know, like a normal life, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And, um, Yet you help them with that, and the next thing they're creating dramas to get back on that roller coaster. Mm, wow! So, so you got to do a lot of training the brain because it's coming from the brain. Emotions are they well, it's to do with the heart and the brain, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Because when emotions run high, the heart's not um, balanced; it's uh, spiking, it's all over the place. So that's another thing that happens when we're on that emotional roller coaster. Therefore, the heart's compromised and the brain's compromised. Mm-hmm. So you have to start having some discipline and find ways of using that emotional energy. Mm-hmm. So with creativity, find ways of using it, being aware that it's there, and how can I use it constructively instead of destructively? Love and, what you're saying. Uh, wow. Hmm. And that helps people. Um, so if I'm having a day where I'm really, my emotions are up and I can feel that roller coaster, I go out in the garden. Yes, yeah. me too. Love yeah. that. Or down the beach and yes. relax and read the paper and, and yes. just soak up the fresh air. Yeah, get a chamomile tea or a relaxing tea. And if you've got pets, take the dog for a walk. Do things that are very what we call mindful in the present. Bring yourself mm-hmm. back to the present because the emotions we're riding on are either from the past that we're driven by or what we're fearing in the future. Mm-hmm. So bring ourselves back to the present and be what we call mindful. You love it. Right? Yeah, and it does work, but you've got to train yourself to do it. And in actual fact, it's life is much better and we're much happier when emotions are in proportion to the event and we're enjoying life. It's a much – that joy or that well-being is much greater than being on the roller coaster. Love it. Right. Our yeah. emotions are in proportion. Can you give us that line yes. again? Because that was powerful. Our emotions are in proportion okay. to our – to the event, to our life, when things are back in proportion and we have an emotion that is relevant to that event, right? So we experience joy. And this is where I find as a Christian, emotions are very relevant to my relationship with God because he helps me keep them in check. Mm, Love it, yeah. And I find when I do that, the emotion I experience, the high, the joy is far greater than any emotional roller coaster. Yes. Right. So I get people who uh, most people I I'm have I work with or friends have got faith. I get them to work with that. Mm-hmm. If they're not Christian and don't know God, I get them to link in with the 12-step program because that helps the emotional balance. Mm. And the it's, 12-step program, has that have, is that something that we can cover sometime too as we go through it? We can, yes. That would be I'll fabulous. Put, 
put that on my list. I've got a list of what we can yeah, do. Yeah, I know. You're done. always so well prepared with that. But everything that you um, share here, Jennifer, what we love here at Faith FM is that everything that you share each week links and builds on each other. Nothing yes. is separate. It's all part yes. of everything that you share. And so there's, there's, there's beautiful continuity each time you come on the show. So, yeah, yeah I think because you just mentioned there about the 12-step program and how it can actually yeah. help, I'm, um, I think our listeners would no doubt, just like ourselves here, would love to hear more about that. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll put that on the top of the list because it's relevant to what we're talking about. Lovely, yeah. Um, yeah, because it's used to help people with addictions and we know addictions mm. are emotionally driven. Mm. I feel sad and blue and down. I want something to pick me up. Mm-hmm. And because I don't have my life is empty, I'm going to pick up something to drink, something to take that's going to lift me up, some mm-hmm. sort of medication mm-hmm. drug. And, of course, we know that's that just uh, digs the hole deeper. Mm. So. There are great answers, a few we've alluded to this morning. So that means there are ways that we can actually deal with that emotional roller coaster um, and be able to to have a better life. That's the aim, have a quality life, enjoy our life, have things back in proportion. And I love the word quality, isn't it? Because it's not just about yeah. having life. It's actually about having quality, quality. of yes. of life, you know. Yes. Um, I think even of this show, if I can just mention about uh, Live to Be 100 that's on the Netflix series at the moment, it's not only yeah. looking at the health aspects, the food and nutrition side that people are, yes. are having to live, but that whole social side and their emotions, yes. um, you know, everything's in balance because they're, they're out in nature a lot, but they're also amongst yeah. other people. People yes. and in a sense of community and that sense of belonging also helps, doesn't it? Yes. So, and that's um, the quality we're talking about. That's it's right. A it's quality a quality life. life. Yeah. yeah, quality yeah. life. And it's very lived in the present. We're here now and I'm looking after me now and I'm enjoying life now instead of dragging up the past and living in the past, which trauma is living the past in the present. Mm, so mm. this is where dealing with that and using the skills, this is why when I – do things, continuity is important. And we've sort of got a 15-minute segment, so I can't do it all in that. But yeah. I can I can come back and forth with what we've been doing mm. and bring things back in. So that gives a continuity. Absolutely. It does in every way. And I love those, the last three, three key points to highlight. You've got be aware on, you're on the roller coaster, discipline yep. to use your emotion constructively, yes. not destructively, and yes. bring yourself back to the present and be mindful. So, Absolutely. um, and I love the fact that emotions are in proportion to our life and event. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Always fantastic stuff that you share and things that we can just apply straight away in our home. Thanks for being a part of the faith. FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. You're listening to the Faith FM Breakfast Show, positively different radio. Look up for your redemption draws near. Hi, this is Sharissa and Danny, your hosts for Looking Up. Join us every Wednesday between 3.30 and 5.30 for our live show. We cover current news and how it relates to Bible prophecy. We'd love to have your company and interaction, so set your alarm and put it in your calendar. We will catch up then.
drop of rain that falls, a flower grows. I believe that somewhere in the darkest night, a candle glows. I believe for everyone who goes astray, someone will come to show the Smallest prayer will still be heard. I believe that someone in the great somewhere hears every word. Every time I hear a newborn baby cry or touch a Sky. 